Hey everyone, this is Pastor Steve from Faith Community Church, and you are listening to Faith That Works, podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're so excited that you've taken time to listen to these words today. Our desire is that this would push you to a closer, deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about a story in the Bible about a couple of guys who were right beside Jesus and missed him. They missed him. You might have come to church this morning. Can I tell you, you could come to church this morning and miss Jesus? And I think we're at a critical juncture in our culture and in our church where people are focused on everything but Jesus. And in the name of defending the church, we're missing Jesus. I'm standing up for the truth, but you're doing it in such a way that I'm not hearing Jesus from you. And all we're hearing is anger and upsetness. And I, and I understand we need to be upset about what's going on in culture. And we need to call out sin. And we need to call out false teaching. We need to do all that, but not and miss Jesus. If all we do is stand on a mountaintop and tell everybody how broke everything is. That's not helpful. Who can fix us is what we need to be shouting. It's a, if you don't know things are broken, you're just not paying attention. So for you to stand up, right, and just keep screaming everything's broken, and I understand we need to point out things aren't working well in the church and culture and family, all these things, but who's going to be screaming Jesus is the answer. But we're missing, we're missing Jesus. We're, we're missing him because really, can I tell you this real quick? You meet Jesus, everything fixes. You meet Jesus, I mean really meet Jesus. I'm not talking about a head knowledge of him or you come to church or you own a Bible or you, you do a bunch of good works. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you meet Jesus and when you have a revelation of who Jesus really is. Some of you are even here this morning in, a, in the way that we worship and in the style and in the spontaneity and in the clapping and in the crying and in the worship and in the hand raising. You're right now uh, feeling a little uncomfortable. Can I tell you, we're a bunch of people who have met Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, he wrecks you. He changes you, right? Hey, can... can can we just take a bomb and blow up religion? Yeah. Let's just get rid of religion. What we need is Jesus. We need a group of people who will just fall madly in love, fiercely in love with Jesus. Yeah. Now that's the people God can use. I'll just take a side note and park off the side of the road and just say real quick for those of you that are wondering, if you raise your hand, that does not make you charismatic. I'm just saying. <laughs> some of y'all this morning were like, Oh, somebody's going to label me. I'm close, but no, I'm not one of them costal carries crazy, Max. I'm not one of those, so I'll just keep it right here. I'm raising my hand in my heart. Okay, come on now. Right? And people say, well, it's not biblical. Well, then you just don't know your Bible. Right? Sometimes it's good. It's refreshing. You know, sometimes... You know, we're emotional people, right? I'm not saying let's start hanging off the 
ceiling fans or anything like that. But I'm saying, hey, if a tear comes to your eyes, let it go. If joy, if you say, man, I feel like I should just get on my knees, get on your knees. If you feel like, if your hand's like, oh, what's, what's happening to me right now? I don't even know. Just go with it. Just go with it. You'll be shocked, right? You'll be shocked. And I'm not trying to force any kind of worship on you. But I'm just saying, be the way God wired you to be, but worship in spirit and truth. Luke 24. You say, Pastor, it's too late. You ain't got time for two sermons today. All right, Luke 24, <laughs> verse 13. Now, we got a lot of ground to cover, and I'm going to cover it quick. So what we're going to do, Rebecca is killing it back there, by the way, on the computer. Her first Sunday, I mean, thank you. So we're going to pause from time to time. Instead of reading it, going back, we're just going to go and pull it apart as we go. Verse 13 of Luke 24. That very day. Now that very day is Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection. That is Resurrection Day. Jesus has just arose. That very day is the day we're talking about. Two of them. Now these are disciples. Who are the two? These are disciples. This is not the twelve but this is part of the group. Understand, Jesus had his 12, but he also had an entourage that would follow him and go with him. So these are two of these other disciples that were going to a village named Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And so based upon my introduction there, I want to ask you the question, what are you talking about? What, what, what are you talking about? What's coming out of your mouth? Because a lot of Christians are talking a whole lot of negative talk. And I don't care how dark the world gets, Jesus is still winning. Jesus is still the victor. The ch- I've read the last chapter, church, we win. I don't know why y'all acting all defeated. But we win. So we, we need to speak in our speech, in our attitude, in our thoughts. Now, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We're going to fix our eyes on Christ at all times and not let anything pull me down. Right? But Pastor, are you not concerned about the things in the world? Of course I am, but I know that Jesus is greater. And he can't, and I'm not going to let the world rob me from the victorious Christian life that Jesus bought and died to give me. So they were talking. So what are you talking about? Verse 15, while they were talking and they were discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But listen, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Think about that. They did not see him. They could not see him. They were so focused on their own issues that they missed Jesus. Verse 17, and he said to them, What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking, what? Sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem? What's wrong with you? You don't know what's going on? Who does not know the thing? Can you imagine talking to Jesus like that? What's wrong with you, Jesus? They didn't know his name. And he said to him, What thing? So let's talk about this. So they clearly had an expectation that Jesus did not meet. I I don't know about you, but have you ever asked for God 
to do something in your life and he didn't do what you thought he ought to do and we don't really talk about this in church, but you got mad at him. You were disappointed. You were sad. The Bible says they stood still looking sad. Their emotions had taken them away to the place where they lost faith. Hey, can we just say real quick, you can't trust your emotions because there are days that your emotions will want you to take your eyes off of Jesus. But faith trumps, where's my euchre people? Don't you use that word trump? Right? Can I tell you that faith trumps emotion? Faith trumps fear. Faith trumps doubt. Faith trumps disappointment. And so when all that begins to fester up in us, all these unmet expectations, when things didn't go the way we thought, but God, I thought you were going to do this. Look what they say. But they're unmet expectations. And they said to him, Jesus said, what things? What what do you mean, what's going on? I'm in verse 19. And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet. Now, this is interesting to me. This jumped out at me just this week. A man who was a prophet. They've already given up on him. We were following Jesus and he was a prophet, right? He was a mighty indeed and word before God and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped. Was but unmet expectation. God, why didn't you heal? Why didn't you deliver? Why didn't I get that job? God, why didn't God get that pay increase? God, why didn't you do this? God, why didn't you do that? And you can get lost in that and it'll overwhelm you. It'll overtake you. And you'll keep coming to church but you'll miss Jesus because you're fixed. You're focused is on what God did not do. And the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you distracted from what God is doing and what Jesus has done. See, when people say, Pastor, I, I, God's not really done anything for me lately. What, uh, wait a minute, hold on. I, I don't have anything, even today, James was like, let's worship. And you're like, you know, my week's just been kind of, eh, James. I'm not really feeling it today. Can I tell you that that is just terrible? I was trying to come up with a better word, but it just didn't come out. He just said terrible. Yes, it's terrible for you to sit back and say, you know what? I'm just not feeling it today. God didn't do what I thought he'd do this week. So now you're telling me, now you're telling me you need the cross plus more. Oh, oh, the death of his son, not quite enough. Oh, I'm sorry. Right? I, I, oh, so you need more than Jesus to die on the cross, to be resurrected on the third day, to send down the Holy Spirit from heaven to fill you. Oh, you need something else, two-year-old toddler. Let me talk to you for just a minute. Right? We should always, always, always be able to get to the place where we can worship God. Because worship is not about what he's doing this week. It's about what he's already done. And if he does nothing else, he owes, he owes me nothing. Are you hearing that? 
God owes me nothing. So I worship because of what he's already done. And anything he gives me is extra gravy on my biscuit. Because I already got plenty. But if he wants to dump a little extra, I ain't going to complain. Everybody hearing that? So we need to understand. We got to get our hearts lined up. So then it's now the third day. You know, they keep whining since these things happen. I mean, we, we stayed in town for three days. Now we're out of here. We're seven miles outside of town. And Jesus, they're telling all this to Jesus. Not some random guy. The son of God who was, they were his disciple. So it's crazy that they're telling him all these things about Jesus that Jesus didn't do. And Jesus right there. Isn't it amazing how we can get sideways, get lost, get confused on the whole thing? Moreover, verse 22, some women of our company, you know, those women, amazed us. They were at the tomb early. You can hear it just a little bit. Maybe I implied that. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels. I don't believe that. Who said he was alive? Right. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, here he goes. Jesus finally, he's done asking questions now. He's, he's heard your opinion, your thoughts. And he goes, oh, foolish ones. Now I don't feel so bad about my terrible word. How? It, now in the Steve Nanny message paraphrase edition, it says, what idiots. And slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary? That's an important word. Because can I tell you in your life, God's going to do what's necessary. Isn't that what a good father does? He does what's necessary. If, I, if you want to hold your finger there, I've got a verse I'll just read to you real quick. In, in Luke chapter, I think it's chapter 9. Uh, I can just read it to you. Verse 22, he says this. this Jesus had already said... The Son of Man must suffer, must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. He was doing what was necessary. He had even told them what he was going to do. How quickly we forget. We, we say, God, I'm yours. God, do what you want to do with me. God, I surrender to you. And then God says for you to do something, you go, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute now. Let's not get crazy. I thought you just said I could do what I wanted to do. Well, as long as you don't go dying and do. But see, God, the Son of God, is doing what is necessary. So what I need you to realize today is that when things don't go according to your plan, maybe there's a better one. And I won't say maybe. I'll say definitely. That the plan of God is greater than your plan. And God's going to do what he needs to do in your heart. So let him. Submit. But here's the thing. You don't trust him. You don't trust him. See, that, that, that's, that's when you go to the gym, right? And you go work out. And you're like, hey, man, I want to get in shape. Don't make me hurt, though. Now, I haven't worked out in my whole life. But I want to get physical 
top condition. But you better not cause me any pain or I'm done. Just give, me, give me that two and a half pound dumbbell. Let's go to work. We can't get there. You can't get there. And we all say, oh God, make me like Jesus. You don't know what that's going to cost you. You, you. you just don't know. But if we could trust that God knows what he's doing and we could submit to his authority and we could say, God, you do the work in me that needs to be done. And when it costs me, when it's painful, when it's uncomfortable, God, I'm just going to lean in a little bit. I'm going to press in, God. You work on me. You'd be a good chiropractor and wear me out. You hearing that? If you missed a couple weeks ago, we'll catch you up later. But we need God to do his great work. He will do what's necessary in our life. Verse 25, and then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So now all of a sudden, the Bible tells me that Jesus started breaking down truth. He started breaking down truth. They did not understand what Jesus was up to. Verse 28. And so they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. That took me to Jeremiah 29. Listen to this. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Listen, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your, what is it? Heart. How much do you really desire the things of God? Not, he's on my list. Not, it's a convenience. Some of you, even this morning, you came to church because, well, I got to get church checked off my list so I can go back and do what I want to do. That's not what we're talking about here. Jesus is asking for you to call him. Jesus is asking to work in you. Jesus is asking to mold you and shape you. Yeah, he does that for me on Sunday. No, he wants to do it tomorrow too. He's going to want to do it Tuesday too. He's going to want to change the way you think, the way you talk, the way you walk. He wants to change you throughout your day, every day. He wants to move. They urged him strong. There was something inviting about Jesus. There was something about the truth that drew them to Jesus. They were getting drawn together because of the truth that's being shared by Jesus. They were drawn in. And it began to change the way they talked. Verse 30 says that when he was at table with them, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. I love this. And their eyes were, their eyes were open. Revelation. Revelation. Their eyes were open. Listen to this. And they recognized him. There was something about that prayer. There was something in that moment that their eyes were open. And see, here's, here's the beautiful thing about preaching this sermon on Baptism Sunday. Vanessa's eyes opened. Your eyes were opened to why you were really put on planet Earth, which is to honor and glorify God. That's why you're here. Not to play church, not to be religious, not to be a good person, to know God, to know God. My prayer for you today is that your eyes would be opened. Eyes opened to what God 
wants to do. Not church attendance, eyes opened. And then look at that. It's like, oh, good, they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. In other words, Jesus is like, okay, done. Next, got somewhere else to be now. I accomplished what needed to be accomplished in this moment. There was a revelation. Now I've got to go. And then I love this. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened to us the scriptures? I think this is interesting. Did not our hearts burn within us while one, he talked to us on the road, the spirit of God. Two, while he opened to us the scriptures, the truth of God. And now remember, Jesus said there's a time coming that men will worship in spirit and in truth. Now what the church has gotten sideways on is we've either got churches in the spirit with no truth are with truth and no spirit. And what we need is to come together, the spirit and the truth. Their eyes were open. Did our hearts not burn within us as he spoke his words burning? The word of God burning. I need the spirit of God. I need the word of God. You cannot separate them. We've got churches that are focused on the spirit not the Word. we got churches focused on the Word, scared to death of the Spirit. You're going to need them both. Tomorrow, God, give me the truth of God and the Spirit of God. Give me the power of God. Give me the Word of God. Give me the presence of God. Give me the truth of God. You hearing that? you got to have them both. Need them both. So then they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. The, the idea wasn't, wait a minute, we've already walked seven miles this way. Let's just keep on going to it. No, it's back. you got to return. Now, that very hour, they did not wait. Can I say this real quick? Revelation makes you move. You can't have a revelation and stay where you are. Revelation forces you to go either back to where you're coming or go to a brand new direction. But you can't stay where you are. Some of you, even this morning, you're having a revelation of what God wants for you. And you're just going to go home and go have lunch and get on and take your nap. Revelation makes you do something. Revelation shakes you. Revelation moves you. Can't stay where you are, church. Well, pastor, I was hoping you'd make me feel comfortable today. I was hoping you'd just tickle a few ears and just let me go about my way. You know, it's summertime. You shouldn't be putting this all on me. I was resting time. It's re no. I want to move you to God. I want to motivate you to revelation. Because when that revelation comes, now, now it's time to do something. Now your eyes are open. Now I understand. Now I've got the word of God. Now I've got the spirit of God. Now it's time to go. It's time to go back. It's time to go to Jerusalem. They went and they found the eleven. And those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So here's, here's my question. I'll be done. What are you talking about? What are you discussing? They were discussing among themselves the things that had happened. They were discussing among themselves the, the, the unmet expectations. They were discussing among themselves disappointment. They were discussing among themselves what wasn't working. What are you talking about? They weren't talking about Jesus. 
They didn't understand. James, you come. Worship team, come on. We're going we're gonna to sing our way out today. What are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? What are you posting about? What are you talking to your friends about? What are, you, what are you doing? Because Jesus is still Jesus and he's still God and he's still in control and he still rules and he still reigns. There's still hope. There's still victory. There's still joy. None of that's been taken away from us. The world has not robbed. We've allowed the, the world to rob the church of our joy and our peace and our victory. And here we are limping around waiting for Jesus to come. Oh, Lord Jesus, just come quickly. No, 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 no. We need to run hard. We need to run hard. We got, stuff. We got kids to reach. We got people on the street to reach. We got souls to reach. We got people. You need to become a, a deeper, more committed disciple of Jesus Christ. We got to keep going. What are you talking about? What's coming out of your mouth? Discouragement? Doubt? Fear? Confusion? Oh my gosh, the sky is falling. No, no, no. Jesus is on the throne. He is lifted high. He's in charge. He is worthy of it all. So the question is, do you need a revelation today? You need a revelation today? Because it's here. Jesus is right here. Don't miss him. Don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. Would you bow your head? Close your eyes. Prayer team, would you come? Hey, if you need help with anything today, you've got an issue in your life, you've got a struggle, you've got a concern, there are people here to pray for you right now. If you just need a revelation, if you just want to sit on the altar and say, oh God, open my eyes, I'm missing you. Oh God, you've got to help me today. Just come pray. But you need to move. Revelation makes you move. I'm going to pray. And when I say amen, I want you to move. Some of you need to move today. God, help us. Help our eyes to be open to what you're doing, to what you're saying, to who you are. God, we've been talking about doubt and confusion and fear, and we're missing you. We've missed you, Jesus. We're going back to Jerusalem. We're coming back because the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive and well. I will not let the world steal my joy, confuse me, cause me doubt, fear, anxiety, depression. Oh, the devil's having his way. And Jesus is alive. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m., and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.